Happy Mother's Day, ladies. Isn't it amazing we get one day out the year and then they try and even shortchange us on that? I remember when Kyle, my son, was younger and, you know, his dad was saying how he had to do all these nice things for me. I guess maybe about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, is it all day we have to do this? <laughs> so enjoy, ladies. Josh, where's Josh? Where'd he go? That just blessed me to high heavens. That is awesome. I know everybody sitting in here has that CD because I'm going to get it. Is it on iTunes? Okay, because that is absolutely awesome. Are you married? How old are you? <laughs> How old? Okay, do you have a girlfriend? Okay, is she here? Oh, okay. Ladies, we talked about this yesterday. Josh is the kind of man that you go looking for. I'm just saying. Like, just let's just make it plain. Thank you. That was, you were absolutely awesome. <laughs> oh, was she there yesterday? She was sitting next to me? Tia, what is it? Well done, well done. Isn't this just like when your mother used to embarrass you when you were younger? Don't you just look forward to having your mother embarrass you? So let me embarrass some more people. I love Tafarin Chipo. When I tell you they are just, in, the, in America we have an expression that's called salt of the earth. And they are just the salt of the earth. I mean, they are just so authentic and genuine people who operate with integrity in the Lord. They love God and they love the things of God. Most importantly, they love the people of God. You all are so blessed and so fortunate. My husband Brady and I sit actually on the board for Faith Hill and the level of excellence and integrity is beyond um, impressive. So you are very, very, very blessed. Well done, you two. I'm so proud of you. And then I have to embarrass another somebody. Where's Rachel? She's in the back. Rachel, listen. Rachel, you guys, just purchased a beautiful home in Longville. And she has been faithful with the little things. And now God is just blessing her with much. So well done and congratulations, Rachel. Wait, who else, who else, who else needs to be called out? But congratulations, seriously, I'm very proud. So, is my mic not on? It is on. Oh, okay. I wanted to share with you. Ladies, did we have fun yesterday? Yeah. We had a blast yesterday. But I wanted to share with you all today a little bit about what I've decided to call kingdom reality. Life in the kingdom of God. Because what I recognize when people ask me questions when I travel around and I speak, they think that because I'm doing what I'm doing that somehow I must have this perfect life and I have these perfect set of conditions going on in my life, which actually could not be further from the truth. The difference is I've just made a decision to live in my kingdom reality. I live in what God has said and what God has promised me. I was sharing with the ladies yesterday when I was saying, you know, 
my life is, you know, I have challenges just like everybody else. And I know sometimes people think that Americans don't have problems, which is not true. And even right now, as we speak, my husband's um, undergoing radiation for cancer and he's getting towards the end, but he's really sick from the radiation. And my mother-in-law was told three weeks ago that she had three weeks to live. Her, actually, according to the doctors, today is supposed to be her last day, but we don't believe that report. And right before I fell, my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's and he fell and fractured his hip. So that's what I was kind of dealing with as I got on the plane. Clearly not a perfect situation and not a perfect life, but I have perfect peace because my mind is stayed on him and I'm living in a kingdom reality. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. Now, if you think about this, historically, the Jews were expecting the kingdom of God. I mean, we look throughout scripture and they're waiting for this kingdom of God to come and they want to be restored. And John the Baptist and Jesus both had a message. And the message, remember, when you think about it in scripture, it says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, historically, most people either think of Jesus either in the past or in the future. The Jesus who was 2,000 years ago and he had some good teachings and some really good ideas and some really good sayings, that Jesus from the past. Or they put him in the future. Now, my mother-in-law, she, she is very, very keen on this. In fact, she basically lived her entire life waiting to go to heaven. And they live with a future Jesus preparing for the great by and by when you meet Jesus in the future. Almost like when Martha, when, remember when Lazarus died and Jesus shows up and the first thing she says is, oh, if only you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And she put Jesus in the past. Come on. Then he says, when Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. And she says, yes, in the last days, right. he will. So she took him from the past and moved him right to the future. But I want to talk to you today about a kingdom reality that has a present Jesus. A now faith is Jesus. Not in the past, not somewhere way off in the great by and by, but right here and right now. Let's see what the word says. Go to Matthew 12 and 28 if you would. I'm actually reading from the uh, New Living Translation. And it says, But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. He's already arrived among you. Jesus broke into our world to bring us his kingdom. God's kingdom is right here, right now, people. Yes. And I really want you to understand where you can go with God when you start living in a kingdom reality. Think about this, the Lord's Prayer. What does it say? Thy kingdom come. How do you make the kingdom come? Because truthfully, Jesus exist right now 
and has a reality outside of your current circumstances and your limitations. That's a kingdom reality, to be able to live outside of your circumstances and limitations. And it is time, people, to be tapping into that. It makes for us to be people of a kingdom, to be children of the Most High God, we should be tapping into that kingdom. Amen? Amen. And advancing that kingdom. Because you, if you're living in a kingdom reality, you can experience so much more than you're experiencing right now. Now, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but there are probably many of you right now who you know you're living so far beneath your promise, where you're not living in a kingdom reality. A kingdom reality where old things pass away. Everything that has happened, everybody who did you wrong, everything that didn't happen for you when you were growing up, all the breaks you did not get, all of those things are passed away because the kingdom reality is about God doing a new thing in your life. Amen? Where you can walk in victory regardless of what your circumstances have to say. You know, I tell myself all that, that all the time. My circumstance may say no, but the promises of God are still yes and amen. amen. My circumstances said no, don't get on a plane and go over to South Africa with all of this going on. That's what my circumstances said. But God's promises are still yes and amen. Yeah. And I know he's got my mother-in-law, my dad, and my husband covered. Come on. Amen. And that's what kingdom reality is. That's right. Good where you take charge, amen? amen, and you start living in the all things possible. Now, Jesus performed miracles, but I'd like to teach principles because that's what changes your life. That's what gets you into a kingdom reality, amen? amen. So now you're sitting here thinking, okay, well, this kingdom reality sounds pretty good, Stacy, but how do, I, how do I get there? You know I'm practical. Let's figure this out. Let's see what the word says. Turn to Psalm 73, 25. The first step in getting into your kingdom reality is a desire. Whom have I in heaven but you? And I have no delight or desire on earth besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the rock and firm strength of my heart and my portion forever. And then I want to read from Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritual prosperous in that state in which the born again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God for they shall be completely satisfied. The first thing to think about as you want to enter into a kingdom reality is you have to have the desire to do it. You know, if you don't want to, you won't. But you have to have the desire to enter into that kingdom reality. A desire so strong that it draws the very spirit of God into your being. It brings the Holy Spirit inside of you alive. So you have to activate and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That's right. Amen? Amen? It has to be extreme and fierce. I mean, a desire, remember, 
coming in here are married. Okay. Remember when you first met your significant other? And you had a desire that was so strong. I mean, you couldn't spend enough time with them. Right. You couldn't talk to them enough. You know, it was just amazing. They never got on your nerves. They never annoyed you. It was just wonderful. They were your heart's desire. Well, it's even more than that kind of desire. You know, Brady was teasing me. Because I go to bed early. He tends to be a night owl. But 9 o'clock, I'm in the bed. And he says, honey, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean? He said, when we first met, you would sit up and we would go to the movies and we would do things and, you know, <laughs> till 11 or 12 o'clock at night. What happened to you? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I guess life happened. But isn't that what happens with us? We get saved and we say, okay, we want the things of God, but then... Time just starts going and going. What happens to the desire? You should desire more of God just like you did on the day you got saved. Right. Just like you did when you were born again. Right. That desire should remain so strong that you want to live in his reality. It's almost like Jacob when he's wrestling. Remember when Jacob was wrestling in Genesis? And he's like, look, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. That kind of desire for the things of God, for the blessings of God, to live in the kingdom reality of God. You know, Psalms 42 says that the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you. It's an intense, passionate, focused desire to live in the kingdom reality of God. But how do you get that kind of desire? Where does that come from? Now, this is going to sound funny, considering what I do as a motivational speaker, but you can't give someone motivation for this. You can't do it. You can't coach them through it. You can't motivate them. You can't cheerlead them through it. There is only one way to get that kind of desire. And you know what that is? By faith. You have to do it by faith. You have to first believe that, one, God is who he says. See, if you don't believe God is who he says, then really, what is the point? You have to believe that you can have what he said. You have to believe that it is for you. You have to truly believe that you can walk in the fullness of God. What is Hebrews 11 and 6? I know everyone here says it. That you have to believe not only that he is, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That you have to ask, you have to seek, you have to knock. That's how you start by faith, having that desire to tap into that kingdom reality. And just being steadfast and unmovable in it. Amen? Yesterday I shared with the ladies um, that my kind of, the first of the years, I, Brady and I, we do a fast, a corporate fast first of the year. Am I doing something? Okay. We do a corporate fast at the first of the year, and one of the things that came to me that I'm really, 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 you know, going to hone in on is the thought of being unwavering, to be unwavering. Because as Christians, too many times we're too, we're too wishy-washy. 
and I was getting on the ladies yesterday about this because I think ladies were actually worse than this than men, but we have to get unmovable. Because what does James say that if you ask and you're wavering, like a man shouldn't even expect to receive from God if he's all wavering and he's not stable and steady in the things of God. Amen? Amen. You need that Abrahamic-like faith where you just believe and not doubt. Amen? Let's, in fact, let's look at what Romans 4 and 19 says. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. Now, think about this. God told Abraham when he was young, he was a relatively young man, that through his seed would come the lineage for the Messiah. The whole world would be saved. So Abraham is waiting his whole life. Some of you only been waiting two weeks for Boaz, and you're about to come unhinged. <laughs> Abraham waited his whole life. Now he's almost 100 years old. And what did he do? Nothing happens, and he did what so many of us do. He took matters into his own hands. And you know the story. And this is so true today. If we're honest, I'll be honest. The moment you take it into your own hands, you give birth to your Ishmael. You give birth to your problem. Amen? And your greatest regrets are coming from taking matters into your own hands, not trusting God, not believing God, and then you just go ahead and do your own thing. And then you give birth to your problem. Amen? But back to the text. That was, wait, that was a sidebar. But he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Some translations say fully persuaded. Yeah. People, kingdom reality requires you to be fully persuaded in the things of God. To be stable and steadfast in it. Not, well, you know, I don't know, you know, back and forth and, you know, you speak faith, but then you come right behind it with a button, you bring doubt right into it. You have to believe that you can lay hold of his promise to be so fully persuaded that you are walking in victory, that you can be fearless and that there's nothing that can really hold you back. Because what does the word say? Without faith. It is impossible to please him. I mean, think about that. If you don't have faith, if you can't believe God and take God at his word, you can't please him. So you could be doing a whole lot of other religious things, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I have to say this, I meant to say it in the beginning, but as I'm thinking about religious things, most of you who know me are probably sitting here thinking, oh my God, I can't believe Stacy has on like jeans and a shirt <laughs> sharing the word with us because typically I'm the one who's overdressed in the room. But yesterday, there were multiple questions about a dress code for church. That's right. And I thought, okay, where is this coming from? Because that's bondage. 
Because God looks at the inside. Man is the one, man is the one who's looking in the outward and judging the outward. God is looking at the condition of your heart. It makes no sense to come in here looking like a church mother with a hat and gloves and hose and high heels and your heart is just as nasty and bitter and ugly as can be. Like nobody, you may impress your neighbor sitting next to you and they may think, oh, they're so holy. But God is not even remotely impressed by that. That's right. So I did this for everyone who wrote the questions wondering what the dress code is. I am still walking in my kingdom reality. I'm still walking in victory in my jeans. I'm still going to glory when the time comes in my jeans. I still love the Lord. I'm not any less saved in my jeans. So please be free and know that God is not judging you by that. Amen. 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 Without faith, you know what? If you're not really truly fully persuaded, the word will seem like just a good idea. Well, it sounds like a good idea. It sounds nice to have, you know, these nice little thoughts and nice little things. It almost be like a little fairy tale. That's what it's like if you're not fully persuaded. And I challenge you to really get a do whatever it takes down in your spirit. Whatever it takes to walk in that kind of faith so that you can tap into the kingdom reality. Because guess what faith does? Faith causes you to cooperate. It causes you to cooperate with the things of God. See, sometimes we're our worst enemy. If we would just get out of our own way, some of my greatest blessings and experiences have happened when I just surrender to God and get out of His way. That's right. Amen? Amen. All right, why is everybody sitting here looking so sad and solemn like I'm preaching a eulogy? <laughs> Help me. Why is that? <laughs> hmm? Oh, okay, that was a good answer. Good answer. Pastor T said it's hard to talk with your mouth full. Okay, they're full. But you have to cooperate with the things of God. I mean, think about this. God promised the Israelites the promised land. But they had to cooperate. They had things they had to do. I mean, they had to drive out all the ice in order to get into their promise. You can't just sit back waiting for your promise and you're not cooperating by faith with the things of God. So, yes, God promised it, but are you cooperating? Are you working with the Holy Spirit? Are you in partnership with the Holy Spirit? Or are you kind of two separate things like, okay, I do me, Holy Spirit, you do you, and we'll just kind of see where we meet up at the end. <laughs> you have to cooperate, and you have to do it by faith. And it starts with desire, but faith is the fuel for that desire. Amen? Your faith is the fuel for that desire. The second thing you have to do is you have to be intentional. You have to have intent to live in a kingdom reality. Because when faith and desire work together, do you know what happens? You become intentional. When you desire it and you have the faith, you'll get very intentional about everything you do. Amen? 
and intention has to be daily. Every day, you have to be intentional about living in that kingdom reality. You know, think about this. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, it's not something you can do on Sunday and then hope it'll last you all the way through until the following Sunday. That's not how a kingdom reality works. Because yesterday's experience is not enough. Whatever happened yesterday is not enough to have joy and peace and victory in the fullness of God today. Come on. I mean, think about this. Remember when the disciples were out on the water and they'd been fishing and they didn't catch anything? And Jesus sends them back out. Now, Jesus didn't say, well, you know what? Don't worry about it. You caught fish on Sunday. It's fine. Don't catch any more. Catch some more maybe next Sunday. That's not what Jesus said. He said, get back out there, cast your net, and get some more fish. It is a daily thing. You have to experience the newness of God every day. The fullness of God, the abundance of God. It's an everyday thing. And a Sunday commitment is not going to get you a kingdom reality. That's right. You have to be intentional. And you have to be intentional with everything you do. You have to be intentional. I love when uh, Darian, I, I feel like I'm not pronouncing that right. Did I say it right? Dillian. Dillian. Maybe I need to see it in, in writing. I'll do better. But when you said you have to think of giving as an act of worship, you also have to think of serving as an act of worship. When you are intentional about living in the promise of God and the kingdom reality of God, you will serve and you will be glad to do it. That's right. Amen. This Saturday, uh, the 14th, is my birthday. And do, do you know what I'm doing? I'm serving in church. I'm serving in church. I, we have a schedule. I work on a prayer ministry team where we uh, come and pray for people. Um, as they're, you know, coming and, and joining church. And it's Saturday evening service, and it just happened to be that they needed me, and it just happened to be my birthday, and I didn't think anything of it. I was like, sure, no problem. Because what better way to spend your birthday, because God has been so good to me, what better way to spend my birthday than serving in his kingdom? And when you serve, you serve with a sense of excellence. See, here's the thing. Everybody wants God's best, but everybody doesn't want to do what it takes to experience God's best. You cannot, hear me people, you cannot be raggedy with the things of God and then expect him to bless you with his best. And too often that's what we do. You have to have a sense of excellence with your intention. When you serve, when you give... And do you know what else you have to have a real intention around? Your positive confession. Your positive confession. Because how many times do we have, we say we have faith, but our confession doesn't look anything like the faith that we profess. Because your faith can't rise above the level of your positive confession. So you're limiting yourself to where your positive confession is and what does Amos 2 say how can the two walk together unless they agree 
You have to walk with God and be intentional about being in agreement with Him. You have to agree with God because guess what? He's not changing. You have to. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if the two of you aren't in agreement, guess who needs to make some adjustments? It is not God. You have to call self to order and get into agreement with what his word says and stop negative confession. You know, the complaining Christians should not be complaining. The word says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Christians shouldn't be confessing lack. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. They shouldn't be confessing weakness. Be strong in his might. Defeat. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And so we say we have faith, then we speak something else. And you have to catch yourself. I had to catch myself. I was uh, in, where was I? This This is bad when you travel so much and I'm trying to remember where I was. I was in New Jersey. And I went to give... Some, we needed cash for something. I said, no, no, I have cash. And then I gave them $20. I said, oh, that was my last $20. I don't have any more cash. And I said, oh. I said, the devil is a liar. I said, that was not my last. I said, I have more. Just take this. <laughs> but we speak completely contrary to the word and we do it like it's like it's okay and then we don't even we'll have Christian friends and they don't even correct us and we'll just oh I'm never gonna win I'm never gonna do this or I don't have that and your friends will just kinda like I know girl isn't that the, isn't that the truth <laughs> and both of you love Jesus how does that happen you're being double-minded you have to be so intentional You can't believe one thing and then confess something different because guess what it does? It cancels your faith. Why would you do that? You're limiting your life based on what you're speaking out. Be intentional about speaking the things of God. You want to live in his kingdom reality. Get intentional about what he said. Amen? Amen? Think about the woman with the issue of blood. And I love her because she was assertive. She was an assertive woman. She, at that point, she didn't care what it looked like. She didn't care what she had to do. She was getting what she needed. She was not somewhere sitting passively on a rock like, well, maybe Jesus will come and find me and heal me and we'll kind of see how it goes. She pressed in. She pressed in against the odds, against the crowds. She pressed again uh, what it, against what it looked like, where people would, you know, they were talking that day to have this woman trying to just break through the crowds to, you know, to get to Jesus. You know, that was a bad look. But she didn't care. She pressed in because she knew that when you press in, when you're intentional, I mean, that's the kind of intent you need where you are pressing against the odds to get what you need from God. And she pressed in. And guess what Jesus asked her? Jesus said, who touched me? I always found that odd. He says, who touched me? All these crowds they're describing. And yet he said, who touched me? Even the disciples said, well, how do we know? You know, Jesus must have kept them on the ropes. Because he, he would get them and was like, who touched me? And it's like, I don't know. Like, we know we should have an answer. We don't know. But Jesus knew. 
Because the Bible says he perceived power going out. He perceived it. Jesus knew the power. Am I messing up the mic? Jesus perceived power going out. And he said, your faith has made you whole. He didn't even know who it was. Jesus didn't know who it was. It wasn't like he said, okay, I'm going to heal you. He didn't even know. But guess what? It didn't matter. Because God is not a respecter of person. It's the th same thing with everyone sitting in this room. You press in with intention. Jesus is not sitting there thinking, oh, well, they were born in Zimbabwe. Ah, Harari, ah, not so sure. Up, oh, they didn't know their father. Up, oh, oh, not so sure. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you press with intention, God is not a respecter of person. And he said, your faith has made you well. That's the kind of intention you need to have with the things of God. Because faith is the currency of the kingdom. You need a focused, intentional press to live in your kingdom reality, to live in what God has promised. Amen? Amen. Okay, everybody's sitting here so stoked. Do you all even want to live? Is this it? Do you all care? Do you all want to live in a kingdom reality? Because if you don't, we can go over to uh, Design Quarters and have lunch and stop it right now. But that's how intense you have to be. Amen. I'm a, I guess I'm very, um, for me, I'm a very um, in, intense person. I'm a real sports. I guess I could just go, go ahead and call myself a fanatic. But I'm a real... <laughs> I'm a real sports lover. I love American football and basketball. I like rugby and would love it if I truly, truly understood it. I think it's a real man's man game because um, they just get out there and go for it. And I like what I see, but I don't, I don't have a, a great understanding of the strategy of it. But for me, that intense passion, I mean, like literally when I'm watching American football, I could be sitting on the couch and you would think that I had something truly invested in the outcome of the game because I'm so intense. Like, I mean, sometimes I'm getting up out of my seat and I'm like, come on, go, no, no. You have to have so much intensity for the things of God. Like you just can't sit back on the couch, willy-nilly, legs crossed, like, oh, you know, if God wants to bless me. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm available. I'm with it. That's cool. You know, I like it. You have to be like on the ready with that intensity. Yes, God. Yes, I'm pressing. I'm doing this thing. That's how you live in a kingdom reality. Right. Amen? Yeah. The third thing you need is resistance. Yeah. You need resistance. And people don't like to think about resistance. But James 4 and 7 says resist and he will flee. And it says stand firm. Stand firm. Guess what? You're going to have to resist some things in order to be intentional about living in your kingdom reality. It's like resistance training. I always laugh when I see uh, Pastor T on Facebook and, you know, he's got his little leg day and, you know, you see his little picture and, you know, he's with his weights and everything and he's doing his little strength training. And I'm like, okay, 
Go for it. But what happens when you're lifting the weights? You're, pre you're providing resistance. And the weight is resisting against the muscle action. But what is it doing? Hello, have we seen this man's legs? They look strong to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's strengthening himself. That's what resistance training in the spirit does. You are strengthening yourself. You are establishing yourself. You're getting firmly rooted in the things of God. It's a resistance training because kingdom reality demands power. It demands power. Because what the Bible saying is the first Corinthians that power is not just talk. The kingdom is not just talk. It's power. It's not just word. It comes in power. Where do you get that power from? You need to resist. Resistance training is the key to your personal power. What do you have to resist? You're sitting here thinking, well, what? You have to resist unbelief. You have to resist negativity. You have to resist the wrong relationships that are not of God. Uh-oh. I saw some people sit back and cross their hands. You have to resist. If you're going to be intentional about living in a kingdom reality, you know, you may have to say goodbye to some things. You have to resist. That's good. You know, yesterday, um, one of the questions, which I tried to stay on the couch, and I think I did. I was probably on the corner of it, but I really wanted to jump up. Because one of the questions was, if you're dating a married man, what's the process to stop? Oh, uh, the process. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as if there was a 12-step program that you could initiate to stop dating a married man. All right. <laughs> but, but you have to resist the things that are keeping you from the things of God. Yeah. It might be reality television. I, every time I come to South Africa, I find out more about American reality TV here than I know living in America. <laughs> now, how does that happen? I find out about things the Kardashians are doing that I have no clue. When I get to South Africa, I find out about them. Reality TV is not going to get you a kingdom reality. Come on. Come on. That's right. It's not real. That is not the way to get a kingdom reality. So you have to resist. You are in resistance training. The next time you have to say no to some foolishness and some, you know, Rabbi Eki, the, you know, the man with the coat that comes and wants to fat and sit <laughs> him. When you have to resist, you say, you know what, I'm just working it out. I'm just getting strong. Because what that does is that makes you available to say yes to the things of God. You're going to have to say no and resist the things that are not of God. Come on. Because living in a kingdom reality, you're going to always have to give God that yes. Amen? Right. Resist being offended. Can we talk? Why are we as Christians so easily offended? Why are we so easily offended? 
you will block your blessings being offended. There are people, I mean, I've met Christians that are holding on to stuff, and it's so funny because as they're telling me, I think they're waiting for me to, like, get offended with them, and I don't. I'm just listening stone-faced. I'm just looking, I'm just very stone-faced, and they're just, so they keep, like, then they start repeating it, like, okay, maybe she didn't hear me the first time because she's still just looking stone-faced. And I'm like, okay, and, and is that it? And they're like, and I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, I don't even remember the last time I was offended. Because I'm so focused on the things of God and what he has for me and what he has me to accomplish. I don't have time to be offended. That's not a good use of my time. And as Christians, we should be able to, an offense should just go floating off our back. But we'll sit in church and be mad and don't want to sit with somebody or somebody didn't say something nice to you or they didn't ask you to be on their committee or maybe they did and they gave you the job that you didn't want. And, you know, then you're thinking, well, next year I'm not even going to volunteer because I'm still feeling some kind of way from what they did to me the year before. But then you want God's best. Your offense is getting in the way. You need to resist being offended. You just need to resist it. And say, you know what? My purpose is way more important. What God has for me is far more important than me being offended. I mean, you'd have to get up so early in the morning to offend me. <laughs> and, it, and chances are, I mean, I've had people apologize and say, oh, I'm, I apologize. I'm sorry I offended you. I'm literally looking at them like, did you? I don't even know that I'm supposed to be offended because I don't look for an offense. I don't even go looking for it. And guess what? When you don't go looking for something, you don't find it. Resist. Amen? Because the Lord will perfect everything concerning you when you make it all about Him. Amen? And that's how you renew your strength by resisting all manner of foolishness. Anything that's not of God to remove the limitations and expect more. Desire Him more than anybody else. So as I get ready to go jump across the ocean back to America, I want you to desire to live in a kingdom reality. To be intentional, to stop sitting back waiting. Waiting for what? Start applying the word of God to your life. And you don't have to wait and do it tomorrow or next week. Like today, when you leave here, say, I'm going to find one thing that I'm going to be intentional about with God. Because it doesn't just fall on you supernaturally. You have to be intentional about going for it. I want you to resist, to stop opening the door, guard your heart to anything that's not of God. Amen. Amen? Because God is so faithful. He has so much he wants from each and every one of you. The kingdom isn't about advancing. And we need every available person to be about advancing the kingdom of God. People, that's what it's really all about. This is not advancing the kingdom. This is like a huddle in football where you come in here to get equipped. The team comes in here to get equipped to go out there. And win the game. Amen. That's what kingdom advancement is about. Amen? Amen. As I close, I want to pray, but let me know. Just just raise your hand. You can play softly. Josh, come play softly. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, see? 
Look at me trying to say who's going to come and play softly. See how you bless me, Josh? <laughs> Just bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to think. If you know you're not experiencing God's best, if you know you're not being intentional about living in a kingdom reality, just slip your hand up because I want to pray. I want to pray for the people who know that they're just kind of going through life, but they are not living in that kingdom reality. They're not experiencing God's best. They know they need to press. They know they need to have that desire by faith. Amen. 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 You can put your hands down. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for an opportunity in your word. Lord, we thank you that your word is so true that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, right now I speak blessings where someone spoke failure. I pray right now that you would remove the limitations of life that people will stop living based on experience and what someone said about them and start living in what you said to them in your word. I pray right now, Lord, that there will be just an overflow of intent and desire to be all about the things of you. That the testimonies that will come out of the intent that is happening in this church. There will be a move of God that Johannesburg will have to stand up and take notice of how lives are changing and the kingdom is advancing because of your word and your people who get intentional about living in your reality. Lord, I pray right now that everyone who raised their hand that you would spark in them and ignite in them that just unquenchable desire for the things of you Lord so that they will truly begin to live in that exceeding and abundant blessing that you have promised in your word Lord that there shall be no lack that they will prosper you said in your word Lord that you came so that we could have life and have it more abundantly I speak abundance over the people who want to be intentional about kingdom reality I thank you for this house. I thank you for the teachings and the man and woman of God of this house. I pray that you would continue to bless them and enlarge their territory in ways like you said it will be beyond what they could have asked or thought. That you will meet them at their level of faith, Lord, and expand them in mighty and great ways. Lord, I thank you. We honor you. And like the psalmist said, we believe it and therefore we speak it. We declare it in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. And everyone said amen, amen, amen and amen.